Today is Tuesday, October 4th, 2022. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. The mainstream media wants people to be very concerned about rapture anxiety. I wish I was making that up. We'll have some details on that and more on today's podcast where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. If you agree with that mission, hey, subscribe to the podcast. Give us a rating, all the good stuff. Share it with a friend. You know what to do. Help us get through that news of the cray together. Why go at it alone when we could be in it together with people who share one another's values? So joining me as always, get through it. Tragon's Phillips, Phillips, I can almost say your name, and Billy Hallowell, CBN's Faith Wire. (laughs) What's going on, guys? Happy Tuesday. It's Mini Monday. That's why it took you a little bit longer to get my name out. It's, yeah. it, we're still starting up at the week, you know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's still early going. And, <laughs> Not enough coffee. Yet. And it's a long name, so I'll give you that. I feel like we're quizzing the audience today too on what is real news and fake news. We also have the guys from the Babylon Bee on the podcast today. Excited about that, but it's hard. It's hard to tell. It's really honestly getting to the point now where satire and reality are like they're overlapping on the Venn diagram. I don't know. <laughs> That's just what it seems like, uh, but. It'll be it'll be a good conversation with the guys from the Babylon Bee. Uh, that's on the main thing today. But coming up first, we're going to go through the news in 90 seconds. And Ukraine retook more territory in eastern Donetsk over the weekend. They're also making progress and taking back Luhansk, according to Ukrainian officials. Uh, Ukrainian First Lady Olena Zelenska said in an interview that she and other Ukrainians are getting stronger with Russia's war now in its eighth month. She said Russia's trying to frighten people to make them run to have towns and villages empty so they can occupy these territories. She was asked if that was war or terrorism, and she said definitely terrorism. Governor Ron DeSantis, who many believe will be a contender for the 2024 GOP presidential nomination, faced off with reporters over the evacuation order Reporters insinuated the governor made a mistake not forcing a mandatory evacuation in Lee County sooner. A question DeSantis pushed back against, arguing that the storm trackers all had it hitting Tampa. That's where they put all their resources. And then when the storm took a sudden shift, that's when they shifted their resources as well. And why are witchcraft, Ouija boards, tarot cards, horoscopes, and the occult raging right now? Experts deliver uh, convicting reality. You can read... More about all that at cbnnews.com. And Billy, I had to put that last one in there because that is, I mean, that is, that's your article on there about the witchcraft and the Ouija boards. And it is, it's, it's just, it's a topic you've dived into with, with your book, but it is bizarre to see that sort of spirituality, I guess you would call that directed in, in, in that way. It's, it's, it's really concerning that it's on the rise. Yeah. And the church and the church, you know, really hasn't been ready to meet that need, right? There's a lot of people with questions and because there's such a falling away, they're looking to fill those voids other places. And so that's really why we're seeing that on the upsurge, which is unfortunate. You know, I think it's similar to kind of the, the lesson we heard growing up as kids, like, you know, garbage in, garbage out type thing. The music that you listen to and you say, oh, I just like the beat. Like, I just like the way the music sounds, but you have to pay attention to, to the words that, that you're hearing. I think the same is true with our entertainment. I think we've seen kind of the... Uh, the romanticization of, of, of this issue uh, with witchcraft and sorcery and all, and I'm not saying Harry Potter or anything like that is bad, but it kind of normalizes it in our brains, right? We get kind of used to hearing it. And then uh, before we know it, we we don't realize that it's become kind of normalized in our culture to a really, you know, scary degree. Yeah. And, and I would say too, like 
this stuff to me sounds crazy, but there are people who are, they think they're spiritual in nature and then even people within the church. And so I think it's never out of line to, if you're talking with somebody about it, don't just assume they're on the same page. I think this is a mistake I make a lot. I just assume that people kind of understand the dangers of some of these things. And so I'm just talking as if they understand that. But yeah, or some, that we all think it's crazy, but right. we don't all think it's crazy. No. I mean, no. people read the no. horoscopes and they get all into it. And I'm thinking, okay, if you're a Christian, you really should not be into the horoscopes. That makes no sense. Yeah, it's in the church. I mean, there are a lot of people yeah. within the church who are very confused about it too, which is why you need to talk about it in a healthy way, not yeah. a crazy way, in a healthy way. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and just realize that there are people who may be engaging in this stuff, especially to dangerous levels. Of course, as we know, there's a spiritual war out there and there's no neutrality. So if you're engaging in this stuff, I mean, you know, read Billy's book, Playing With Fire. It's people that went down this road. It seemed innocent. It always seems to start the same way, Billy. It's like innocent and man, we were just doing this thing. And then yep. next thing you know, it gets way out of hand. And then it's and then it's almost you feel like it's too late and you got to go through a lot of chaos, you know, chaos in the midst of that. For most people, it's it's a little more of a benign thing that sort of happens in their lives. But we've got to be aware of Ephesians six and, and live that out. We can't ignore that. Indeed. All right. Well, let's um, for those who don't know. Well, I'll just say there was some headlines going on talking about rapture anxiety. And as we got the Babylon Bee guys coming up, I mean, this is kind of like, which one's fake? Which one's real? And this feels like a fake news story. But for those who don't know, Billy, let's just start by kind of just laying out what the rapture is real quick so we can get our ground rules set. Yeah, you know, most Christians probably are familiar, but basically it's the belief that Jesus is going to come back before the second coming, generally speaking, and take believers up and sort of spare them from the tribulation period that the Bible talks about. And so it's a little bit of a sort of sparing event where Christians are taken up and there's different ideas, pre-trib, post-trib. We don't get into all of that. But that's the general idea of what the rapture is. Hmm. And so what, what is the conversation that's happening in the media? Because this popped up on CNN, right? This rapture anxiety conversation. Why is the mainstream media interested in this? What's their hook? Well, I think the hook, when you get into the piece and you read deeper, is that people are leaving Christianity, they're, they're leaving faith behind, and apparently the rapture, this end times theology, is something that's leaving them with anxiety, and they've actually dubbed it, as you said, rapture anxiety. It's apparently an end times inspired, you know, quote, type of religious trauma. That's literally how they were, they were describing it, being experienced among people who have either left faith or they're questioning their faith. And so that to me was really the hook of all of this. Once you dig into it, oh, this is about people who are ex-evangelicals or they've walked away feeling a certain way about the faith they once held. Isn't it interesting that all these people that walk away, they use these terms that are kind of widely accepted, like trauma, and then they associate it with rapture, trauma, anxiety, you know, Christian trauma. And it's really interesting to me that they're taking that tactic with the rapture. I've not heard this one before. So what are the experts saying about this supposed trauma brought up? brought on by thinking about the rapture. Well, the CNN article talked about a couple of different stories of people who grew up and one girl was 13 years old and she, you know, was walking around her house and couldn't find any of her relatives and her parents' clothes were laid out on the bed and she was thinking, oh no, was I left behind? You know, this idea that 
the rapture creates anxiety in us and it's very unhealthy. Um, and that was really the, the general thrust of the piece. But there was one expert they spoke with, Darren Slade. He's the president and CEO of Global Center for Religious Research. He's apparently a former Baptist preacher who not only left preaching, but allegedly left the Christian faith from what you read in the story. Um, here's what he had to say. He said, quote, this is a real thing. It's a chronic problem. This is a new area of study. But in general, our research has revealed that religious trauma leads to an increase of anxiety, depression, paranoia, and even some OCD-like behaviors. I need to say this prayer of salvation so many times. I need to confess my sins so many times. And so basically, he's referring there to some of this anxiety that, again, comes from being taught the belief of the rapture. Well, I wonder if uh, they really believe this is trauma. I wonder if they would put the same sort of uh, logic towards the global warming conversation right now i mean greta thunberg's out there yelling at everybody that they're destroying the planet we're all going to die and you got kids freaking out that the planet's going to die if we don't ban all the cars or something so it just makes it feel sort of political maybe that this is targeted at christianity but what are what are some of the other problems here billy with this with the, with this theory yeah, I think it's interesting because the the rapture is talked about in such a, a negative sense here. Now, the piece does also give the other side of it that people hope for the rapture and they have a hopeful view of it. But really, that is the, the linchpin of all of this is that the rapture is a hopeful thing for those who believe in it, right? Mm -hmm. It's this idea that God is going to come back and rescue them. And, you know, this isn't an event that you're looking at, oh, I, I said, God, forgive me this many times and I earned it. You're living as a Christian because you're a Christian and you're saved. You don't have to worry about it, right? And so you look toward it in a very different way than the article was describing it. Um, so that's one of the issues. But the other thing is that the article mentions that, you know, the word rapture isn't mentioned in scripture. And we've talked about this on the show before. There's lots of things that aren't mentioned in scripture. Yeah. If that's going to be an argument against the rapture, the word Bible, Trinity, Great Commission, monotheism, these are not things that are mentioned in scripture, right? So, but they're concepts that we would embrace anyway. So I think it's, it's clearly about the people who are leaving the faith feeling a certain way about the faith, that's what this article felt like to me. And then looking at something that isn't really understood and trying to blame it for people's emotions. Yeah, and Trey, I mean, I, that's sort of the sense I get too, that this is, again, when you have mainstream media, very much outside the standard rank-and-file Christian trying to tackle an issue, and it usually ends up falling short of catching the real spirit of things. Yeah, no, I think that this is definitely the case with this story. Like, I, I think... Honestly, it sounds like CNN has kind of out CNN'd themselves uh, <laughs> with this with this story. But I think you're right. I think that's an issue that's more broadly seen is is a, a lack of understanding of scripture. Even religious reporters, I, I say religious kind of in air quotes. These religion reporters that are all these different outlets. So few of them are Christian, or if they are Christian, it's it's kind of a progressive Christianity. Which then we can get on that rabbit hole of what does that mean? Uh, so I think a lot of it is just a failure to really immerse themselves in the culture that they're covering. So then we end up with stories like this that seem so far removed from, because I think the vast majority of Christians, like when we read this story, it raises our eyebrows like, what on earth is this about? <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think, I think there really is just a fundamental failure in journalism writ large to understand topics of, of yeah. faith. Yeah. And at least as yeah. you mentioned, Billy, they did try to put the other side on there. Now, was that yeah, in paragraph, true. was that in paragraph like 15 of 17? <laughs> well, you know, like throughout the, 
Throughout the piece, they were trying to give a balanced approach to it. It was actually pretty high up, but then you're only talking to these experts. You're not talking to anybody on the other side who would explain, no, the rapture actually, in my view, is maybe a healthy viewpoint. There was none of that. There wasn't balance there. But I would just want to say one more thing about this before we close it out. It's interesting that nobody is wondering if the trauma actually has to do with the fact that people are rejecting the truth and following what they believe to be true, and they're actually experiencing an internal battle because because of that. It's interesting yeah. that's never raised at I, all. I think that's a good point. And I think that can be applied to a lot of other issues we're seeing right now where people say, well, you're, you know, you're victimizing us and we're, we're getting trauma because, because of what you're doing. And I think you're right. I think Romans one, the existence of God's written on our hearts and man suppresses the truth in, un, in unrighteousness. So we know, and then when you suppress it, now that's going to be grating against your soul, right? Whatever area you're looking at that you're kind of rejecting God in, and you try to say, well, you're causing that trauma. Well, no, you're putting that on yourself because you're having, you've put yourself in conflict with with God and what, how God wants you to live. Yeah. Um, but all right, that very interesting story. Uh, well, we will keep an eye on the mainstream media and how, how they're dealing with rapture anxiety uh, in the future. So thanks for that one. And that leads us into our main thing. Fake news you can trust. That's the Babylon Bee's rallying cry, and they've made quite a lot of headlines for the work that they've been doing, including getting banned and fact-checked. That that always just, that slays me. A, a satire site fact-checked. That's, I mean, that's satire in and of itself, basically, uh, or at least it should be. But Billy talked with Joel Berry and Kyle Mann from the Babylon Bee on today's Main Thing. The Babylon Bee has solidified itself as one of the most popular satire sites in America. So we sat down with Joel Berry, who's the managing editor, and Kyle Mann, the editor-in-chief of the Babylon Bee, to understand not only how they do the work they do, but why it matters, why humor has the power to communicate important truths. So with no further ado, let's welcome them to the show. So, Joel, I'm going to start with you because the Babylon Bee obviously creates a lot of funny, hilarious content. But on a serious note, why is the work that you guys do important? (laughs) Yeah, um, I think in today's world, uh, humor has kind of become one of the most effective ways of of communicating truth. Uh, You know, we're we're oversaturated with information. Uh, It's coming at us from all sides. There's so many distractions. Our attention spans are short. Um, You know, we're not reading long books anymore. Um, and, and sometimes, a, you know, a pithy uh, little headline that makes a, a point uh, can, can be more effective than, than a lot of those other mediums. So it's become a very powerful for, you know, tool for that reason. But I think also just um, I think it serves to, to give people courage. I think social media is designed to keep us in silos and cut off from each other, um, you know, feeling alone in, in the way we think, like we're the only sane person left on, on planet Earth. And and the Babylon Bee, I think, serves to to help people remember that they're not alone uh, in, in their their thinking and their worldview. So, uh, yeah, it, it's it's uh, for those reasons, I think, is is what, why it's continuing to to prosper. Yeah, you know, Kyle, it's interesting because obviously you guys create satire and you're there to make people laugh. And the reason people laugh at satire is there's usually some underlying truth that's driving whatever it is you create. But it is really interesting watching the anger that comes from some people 
at at this satire. You guys have obviously not tweeted since March. Um, there's the whole Twitter, you know, chaos that unfolded. But what most surprises you about the angry responses or maybe the strange responses that you guys get to some of your content? Yeah, you know, we get we get so, we get blasted from so many different angles, and maybe the most surprising thing is. Um, you know, where a lot of those kinds of attacks come from, you know, we get, we get criticism from, uh, the, the people you would expect, you know, CNN and, and, uh, the, the illustrious fact-checking team at Snopes. Um, you know, we, get, we, we get lots of, uh, we get lots of hate, but there's also, you know, there's also hate from, uh, there's also hate from progressive Christians. Um, there's hate from people who, are on either side of the of the political extreme. Sorry, my bird just is deciding to disrupt us. Um, <laughs> I might move her inside. Um, there's attacks from both sides of the political extreme. So what I find is that anytime anytime people are so absorbed in their political system, or they're so you know sold out to some extra biblical idea or some um, tradition. They're not able to laugh at themselves. And so you'll get people that love everything we do and they're like, oh, man, we love the B. And then you tell the one joke that makes fun of them, you know, and then they're like, you know what? I usually like satire, but this time you've gone too far. You know, homeschoolers are off limits. There's nothing funny about homeschoolers. You know, Calvinists are off limits. You can't make fun of Calvinists. You know, whatever their pet thing is, is the thing that you can't make fun of. And so I think, which makes it funnier to me, of course. So I I, I think it is it is humorous to me how people can t- take a joke and, and laugh and see the value of humor until it's directed at them. And then all of a sudden it's not funny anymore. <laughs> well, in light of that too, you know, Joel, you guys, everybody sees the final product of what you do and they laugh and they share it. But what goes into that process? Do you guys like, how do you, how do you make sure you don't go over a line? Is there a process of how you sort of vet, you know, what you're going to put out there before it actually, before you actually hit publish? Yeah. Well, you know, the, the process is, is, uh, you know, a lot of our stuff is very of the moment. You know, we're, we're commenting on the news of that day. Um, we have a lot of brilliant writers who are constantly pitching headlines. And, and for every one headline you end up seeing published on the B, there are, you know, dozens, if not hundreds of headlines that were rejected. Um, and, and we do have to be, you know, careful about, about what we publish sometimes. I'm probably the worst offender in that, right? I, I, I actually have an accountability team here in, in Kyle and, and the, the owner, Seth. If I think something is skirting that line, I'll usually send it to them and be like, guys, can I please, 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 please publish this? And they'll, and they'll be like, no, Joel, stop. You know, <laughs> um, so we, we do, we, you know, we, we have to make sure that, that if we're going to tell a joke that, that is really close to the edge or, or, uh, stated in a re- kind of a really savage way, it, it has to be worth it. Um, it has to be funny. Um, it has to make a really good point. Um, but if we're just messing around and, and, you know, being edgy for its own sake, uh, we'll, we'll usually reject those jokes. Yeah. And, and Kyle, it's interesting because when you guys have been punished for things, it's this reminder or fact check for things. It's a reminder again, that this is satire and, it really felt like for so long the onion, you know, Saturday Night Live, all different types of comedy, but but specifically satire, there weren't these sorts of fact checks going on. You know, there's one thing to have, you know, quote unquote fake news, and there's another thing to have satire. And you guys have always very clearly been satire. What do you think, Kyle, drives 
that sort of push to constantly sort of fact check or in the case of Twitter, even punish you guys? I believe the left is just starting to wake up to the power of comedy uh, when it's wielded against them. So similar to what I was saying before, where, um, you know, people can laugh until the joke is targeted at them. When I'm talking about people who have absorbed their political you know, worldview to the point that it's their religion, you know, that is very true of the far left. Um, and so when those people who control big tech and the media um, and social networks and fact checkers, when all of a sudden they see, you know, oh, we don't own, you know, 99% of the comedy outlets anymore. You know, people are just out there sharing memes and, uh, <laughs> you know, Christians are out there making funny TikToks and Babylon B is out there writing satire. All of a sudden it's like they're getting a wake up call to how powerful their uh, means of communication have been over the years as they've controlled, you know, so much of, of the late night shows and, 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 and comedy and movies and all of that. And so now that those tools are pointing towards them, all of a sudden they treat us quite differently than they treat somebody like the onion when they fact check us. When they fact check the onion, it's very lighthearted. It's, uh, you know, oh, those silly readers, they can't tell the difference between an onion article and reality. When we tell a joke and people get confused, it's, you know, oh, Babylon B is sitting in a smoke filled room uh, in the basement trying to figure out how to trick grandmas on Facebook. You know, so <laughs> so they treat us very differently than they treat the other the other guys. That was Joel Berry and Kyle Mann. You can read their work over at the Babylon dot com. All right, Billy, thanks for that conversation with the guys from the Babylon Bee. Always great to talk with them and catch up with the things they have going on. And that leaves us with time for one last thing today. And we're going to head into Psalm 103. Yeah, yeah, I think so quick in our, or we are so quick in our culture to 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 think that we deserve something for nothing, that we're entitled to, to whatever it is that we want. But the reality is, as Christians, you know, I think we should be grateful for, before anything, the fact that we don't get what we deserve. Uh, so that's kind of the context for the, the passage today in Psalm 103. It's verses 9 and 10. It says, He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins des- deserve or repay us, according to our iniquities. I think that's just such an important thing to keep in mind as Christians that before God gives us all the other things that he gives us, all these other blessings he showers on us, he's withholding the punishment that we deserve just for our sinful nature. Yeah, I I think that's a big mistake and a common mistake that a lot of Christians make just going through their day to day is we think we deserve all the good stuff. We think we deserve everything and we actually deserve the exact opposite. That's what scripture says. All of us are sinners our good deeds are filthy rags. That's just the consequence of sin and none of us can escape it. And so, yeah, that's the starting place. We deserve God's wrath and that just makes his grace all the more amazing. Yeah. And it sends us to remind, it reminds us that we need to have grace for other people then too. I think that's another piece of the puzzle. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think of the old Testament too. I mean, how many times is God just ready? Israel worships idols and they go do all that stuff and he's ready to but he keeps the remnant every time for his name's sake. But but it just shows like what we deserve in our sinful nature. It's where we're always prone to go, prone to wander. So thank God for his grace that we certainly don't deserve. But we'll leave it there. God bless. We'll see you all back here tomorrow, Lord willing, and that creek don't rise. <laughs>